This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck podcast. This is Ashley speaking, and I'll be doing this episode myself today. Um, but before we get started, I wanted to mention that if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode that we did with Ashley, uh, aka Revive Tribe, Ashley Hines, the episode was all about uh, selling, live selling on whatnot specifically. So she's been on whatnot for quite some time. And we took some questions from our Facebook group and off of Instagram. She answered all of them so well. It was, it was a great episode, wealth of information. So if you have any interest in live selling on whatnot, or, you know, you have some lingering questions about live selling, definitely go back and listen to that episode. So today we are going to talk about how to stop overbuying inventory as a reseller and how to manage your inventory surplus. I've been thinking about this idea for an episode um, and kind of jotting down some notes here and there because of the situation that I have found myself in. Uh, I mentioned, I think in the last episode or maybe even the one before that, that I've started to do an inventory audit Liz mentioned that she did hers with uh, her and Casey's inventory. So I was like, you know, that sounds like a great idea and something that I really need to do. I need to get a hold on this inventory situation. It is overwhelming and chaotic. Moving three times in the last three years has not been ideal for my business, but it's just something that we've had to do. So I really need to, you know, get get down to it, really like dig in and get this under control because I feel like the easiest way to explain it is I feel like I've, I'm losing control over my my business because of the inventory. So we started to go through the audit I mentioned before um, and Liz kind of went into a lot more detail. So every single bin is getting pulled one, by, one at a time. Every single item is getting pulled. Then I'm looking up that item in my eBay store, delisting it, making sure that if it needs new pictures, new pictures are getting done. Uh, anything about the listing will get updated when I, you know, do sell similar um, with the new photos or if it wasn't listed at all in the first place, <laughs> then we're getting it listed. Unfortunately, that seems to be the case with a lot of the bins that I have done so far, um, which is pretty disappointing or it's listed on Poshmark and not on eBay or vice versa. We are really getting our uh, crop together in 2024 over here. That's for sure. Okay, so let's dive into this episode, shall we? All right, overbuying inventory is definitely something that I think affects a great majority of us, including myself, obviously. But Liz and I hear all the time from resellers in our community that they have overwhelming death piles, right? Things that they bought years ago that they haven't listed um, in Guys, that's a that's a problem. I have heard a lot of bigger sellers over the years on social media say something. They all say something similar, right? They say that as a reseller, you're making your money when you're sourcing. You make money on the buy, on the purchase. And, you know, to a certain extent that is true, but it's not taking into account the people who are going to 
you know, buy that item and go home and then add it to their death pile, not list it right away. This, you know, this saying only accounts for the those resellers who are going to purchase the item and then go right home and process it through their business and get it listed pretty much immediately. So for anyone who, you know, does go home and add the item to the death pile, the, the, the money isn't in the sourcing, it's actually in the listing. So how did we get here, right? And I think, you know, when I was thinking about this episode, I was kind of thinking back to when my death pile started to get overwhelming and started to become more and more out of control. And that was um, because of COVID and the shutdowns in 2020, right? And I think a lot of us were grateful that we had some kind of a death pile during that time because we couldn't go sourcing, we couldn't go thrifting. We had very, very limited options available to us for fresh inventory to be processing through our businesses. And I think that so many of us have this, you know, what if it happens again mentality. And, you know, here's the thing, it could happen again, right? Like nothing's impossible here. Uh, COVID is still very much, you know, a thing. Do I think that the whole country is going to shut down like it did in 2020? No, I don't. But that thought is always in the back of our heads, right? Like there's a slim chance, but there's not zero chance. Because of this, um, lack of likelihood. I feel that in the spirit of making good decisions for your business, you are better off in the long run, not overbuying and not contributing to having a massive death pile. All right. So other than, you know, the fear of, um, shutdowns again, right? The fear of like COVID and making a comeback. What are some other reasons that resellers tend to overbuy? So I think that, you know, other than maybe having that in the back of our heads, it's also the fun part of what, of what we do, right? So uh, sourcing the hunt, the finding the great item, um, knowing that you can flip it for a massive amount of money, like it gets your adrenaline pumping, it gets you going. It's definitely an addicting feeling, right? So I think that is that plays a huge factor. Another reason I think is because we see on Instagram a ton of other resellers going out there and thrifting constantly. The problem with this is that we don't know how their business is set up. We don't know what their structure is like. We don't know if they're processing items through their business faster than we are? Do they have help? What their situation is, right? So just because, you know, 50% of the resellers that you follow on Instagram are outsourcing Monday through Thursday doesn't mean that your business is set up the same way and that you should be too. And another big reason I think is that we're afraid of missing out on the good stuff, right? So it kind of plays into the last point of seeing other people, other resellers outsourcing. We're afraid that if we are not out there as well sourcing right along with them, that they're going to get all the good stuff and we're going to miss out. The thing is, you know, we're going to go woo woo here for a second. You have to believe that there's plenty out there. There's enough for everyone. Um, because if you start to get that fear mindset, that lack mind, lack of mindset, then you're going to find yourself in this situation over and over and over again, because you're going to think that you, you have no choice but to go out and source because you're going to miss out on something every single day. You have to be okay with missing out on something today because you know that there will be something there for you the next time that you go out. Every time you purchase something for your business, inventory-wise, without processing it through your business and getting it listed, it's money that you are losing, all right? So trends fade so fast. 
Some trends do stay around for, you know, a fairly decent amount of time, but even from season to season, right, we see trends change so quickly and popularity decreases on those like bolo items so fast. The items that you buy today will very rarely be worth more in 90 days than what they're worth today. You guys get them listed now. All right, so now that we have talked about overbuying, why we overbuy, I've hammered it into you guys a couple times here. Let's talk about how to stop overbuying. So the number one thing that you need to know is your metrics for your business, not anyone else's. You need to know yours. We've been talking about this a lot lately, and it's you guys, it's the number one thing. You have to know your numbers. What do we mean by knowing your numbers? You have to know how much you need to make in profit for your business to like be sustainable. What is like, what is worth it to you, right? Like for some people, if they can make $50,000 a year in profit, that's what is worth it to them to keep going. Some people it's much, much more than that, but this is all dependent on you and what you have going on. Is this a part-time thing? Is it disposable income for you and your family? Do you use it to go on vacations or, you know, are you um, using it to survive, right? Is this like your only source of income? Those those metrics for those two businesses are going to be wildly different. So that being said, I think it would be greatly irresponsible of me to make a blanket statement to you guys and say something like, in order to stop overbuying, you should go on a buying freeze because I don't know what all of your situations are. I'm sure that we do have some of you guys that use this as fun money. I'm sure we do have some of you that are using this as your only source of income right now. Um, I'm sure there's probably some of you who have gotten laid off in the last six months, 12 months, and you've fallen back onto reselling as a way to provide for yourself and your family. So I can't in good conscience say stop sourcing while you catch up on your death pile because for a lot of you, that would put you right out of business. All right. So for this to make sense for our reselling business, I'm going to tell you how Brian and I have fixed this in the past in the car business. All right. So it's going to be pretty much the same way of fixing the problem, just kind of like on a smaller scale for our businesses versus a dealership. All right. So let's say, you know, Brian was the general um, general sales manager for a couple of dealerships since I've known him. And that's kind of how we met. Like we ended up working at the same dealership for, um, I don't know, maybe like six years, seven years. So he was the general sales manager and he had a used car manager that purchased too many used vehicles. All right. Each department has a budget that they're supposed to stay within every single month and every single quarter. So let's say your used car manager has overbought and your budget is typically $2 million in used car inventory. And this month you're sitting at 2.2 million. So you're over budget by $200,000. You're going to start getting phone calls from the owners. <laughs> they're going to start getting nervous. They're going to start breathing down the back of your neck. Um, and they're going to want you to fix the problem because that $200,000 is, it's making them crazy. They're losing sleep over it. All right. So this is how they fix the situation. They're going to take 75% of this over purchased inventory, and they are going to try to liquidate it very quickly, as fast as possible. You don't necessarily want to lose any money, but you're going to pretty much break even on it or make a small profit. 
You do not want to lose money if you can help it at all. Then you're going to take the remaining 25% of these cars and you're going to flip them for a profit. So this 25%, they're going to be vehicles that are, they're usually fresh cars, right? Because the longer that they sit on the lot, their value drops. They're going to be cars that you know you can flip for a decent profit and that you know you're going to be able to flip pretty quickly. So then you're going to take the profit from those 25%, the 25% of the cars that you just flipped, and you're going to use that money to cherry pick vehicles that are going to sell for a higher amount of money than average, and that are they're going to sell faster than your average used car does. Okay, so that's it. Essentially, we're going to use the same uh, the same mentality for our overflow of inventory. Okay, you're going to take 75% of those items and you're going to liquidate them as fast as you possibly can. Whether that's sending them to flip, you find a buyer in your area who's also a reseller. Uh, whatever you can do to break even on those items or make a small profit, the goal is to get out from under this overwhelming burden pile of inventory. Okay. Next, you're going to take this remaining 25% that you have kind of gone through, cherry picked through and set aside as this 25%. And these are going to be the items that you know, you're going to be able to flip more quickly and for a higher price than the 75% that you've liquidated. All right. And you want to make sure that you can get rid of them pretty quickly because you're going to use the profits from this 25% to then cherry pick items, fresh items from the thrift or whatever your source is that are going to sell for a higher ASP or average sale price and a better sell through rate than your usual. All right. So we want, if your ASP is usually $15, you want something that's going to sell for I would say 20 to like 30. All right. We want like a a decent increase in ASP. So in addition to the average sale price being higher, you want a better sell through rate than what your usual is. And this is going to start churning inventory through your business. You're going to be able to process inventory through your business faster, and it's going to get you back on track quickly. All right. And then if you, if you feel it, it's necessary, you can kind of go back down to the metrics, your your usual metrics. What I'm doing this year is I'm raising my metrics. So when I go through my inventory and I'm currently still in the process of doing so, I'm setting aside that 75% right that I'm going to break even on or make a small profit on. And then I'm as I'm going through, I'm cherry picking the 25% that I'm going to flip myself to use the profits to cherry pick even higher sale price items. All right. Um, And that is going to help me make more money this year. It's going to help me feel less overwhelmed. It's going to get my death pile out of this house. So when we do end up moving again, hopefully not this year, but when we do end up moving again, I'm not going to have, you know, 42 bins of items um, that I haven't been able to move through my business yet. Hopefully it'll be about half of that and everything is going to be listed, fresh inventory. Um, I'm moving things through. My ultimate goal would be to have items moving through my business in 90 days. I am certainly not at that point yet, but that's the goal. That's what we're working towards. I do not want to keep anything in my business unless it's like something really special that's certainly worth the wait. Um, but if it's just like your average run in the mill item that I'm picking up that meets the metrics for my business, I want the sell through rate to be 90 days. We're, we're churning everything in 90 days. I hope that this makes sense to you guys. Um, we, 
you know, we hear this all the time. There's so much talk about death piles. And again, when we were going through, you know, all of the stuff with 2020, yes, it was, it was good to have some items set aside for a fresh inventory that you had access to, but we are out of that now, guys. Like we need to, we need to change our mindset. We need to change our mentality and start looking towards the future and what is good for our business right now. If for some reason something happens in the future where we find ourselves in a similar situation as 2020, we will cross that bridge when we get to it, right? Like let's not worry about things that haven't happened yet and that might never happen. I think we need to, as a whole community, make better decisions for our businesses. So I hope that helps. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have questions or if you have advice that you want to pass on to other resellers about getting through their death pile, anything that has to do with what we talked about today in the episode, leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below or um, send us a message on Instagram and we're going to kind of compile all of this advice and all the comments that we get and then we'll make a post kind of sharing for the community. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day